When the Boston Red Sox signed starting pitcher David Price in December of 2015, it was thought that this would be the guy to answer what was at the time their starting pitching woes. Price signed a seven-year, $217 million contract with the Red Sox, and that price tag put a lot of pressure on Price, who was already a Cy Young Award winner. His first season went okay with the Red Sox. He was not terrible, but not bad. He finished with a 3.99 ERA and a 17-9 record and actually led the American League in inning pitch with 230. He also finished with 228 strikeouts, which was the second highest in his career. For most places, that would be a really, really good season. But in Boston, because of the expectations and because of the massive price tag, it was met with sort of mixed reactions from the Red Sox fan. Then last season, the bleep hit the fan. Price was not nearly as good. He had incidents with a reporter for the Red Sox. And in addition to that, Dennis Eckersley, a baseball Hall of Famer and someone who covers the Red Sox on TV, which made big news, especially in the Boston area, where he called out Eckersley on a plane and seemed to make fun of him for some seeming slight. Now, this season, people in year three, people were thinking, okay, this is the year. David Price will figure it out. He will be back to Cy Young form. The Red Sox are World Series contenders. Let's see what we can get out of David Price. It started out okay. His first couple of starts were pretty good. And then it's completely fallen off the rails. And that leads us to the announcement from the Red Sox manager Alex Cora that happened this past Wednesday when on his weekly radio appearance on WEEI in Boston, he told the host that Car- that Price was suffering from carpal tunnel. Now, carpal tunnel is uh, something that happens in your hand when you have repetitive motion, but there was nothing more than that other than that was why Price missed his recent start against the Yankees, carpal tunnel, which Alex Cora described as a minor case of it. And then news came out that the cause of it may be David Price and his penchant for playing video games, specifically Fortnite, which, if you're not in the video game universe, is probably the most popular game going right now, either that or Overwatch. So it's a game. David Price is a loud and proud video game player. He's been doing it for a long time. He tweets about it, and he says he's been playing Fortnite in the Red Sox clubhouse with his teammates, and that's led to complete tons of media speculation and fan speculation that Fortnite is the cause of David Price's carpal tunnel, which is the cause of his poor pitching, and you get the point now. So it's more and more of distractions from David Price, more excuses, and he just has not really ingratiated himself well to Red Sox fans at all, and this is just the latest in a bunch of different things. Now, Am I convinced that Fortnite is the cause of David Price's alleged carpal tunnel? No. I play video games all the time, too. I've been playing them since I was a little kid. I don't have carpal tunnel. Though, at the same time, my hands are cramping right now because I just had like a four-hour gaming session with God of War. So I'm not really the best person to talk. But I don't think that David Price, even for all of his errors, a professional athlete is going to get carpal tunnel from playing video games. He's not even, he's still, he's like 32 years old. He's, he's really not, not someone that is going to develop carpal tunnel that early just from playing video games. Maybe the combination of pitching and video games, that might be it. But he 
Well, you know what? He has carpal tunnel. And if they want to blame it on Fortnite, that's fine. I just don't think that that's reasonable. And as much as I have disliked David Price as a Red Sox fan, I'm not going to throw Fortnite under the bus and Price's pension for playing that game. But it's a weird story, and Price is now saying he's not going to play Fortnite anymore. So no more video games to blame for David Price. But he has carpal tunnel, and if he wants the Red Sox fans to be on his side anytime soon, he's going to have to overcome it and pitch well. That's what it comes down to. If Price pitches well, everything will be forgiven. But right now, he's not pitching, and people are blaming video games for his problems. I'm Jeff Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick-hitting sports news, only on Anchor. A lot is being made of the Celtics and 76ers series with Boston eventually winning four games to one and what it means for the process and Philadelphia as a whole. Now, we all know Philly is a really talented young team led by Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, but a lot of questions came up during the series about Ben Simmons because he looked like he was exposed by the Boston Celtics, specifically his lack of a jump shot. Boston was able to sag off of Simmons most of the time, leaving him basically wide open for jumpers that he never attempted. And the few times he did, they did not look good. His form was off and they were 90% of the time misfires. This was something that concerned people coming out of the draft. While Simmons has virtually every other skill in the book that you could possibly want in an NBA player, he's a 6'10 point guard who can jump out of the gym and throw behind the back passes with ease. He has never been able to have a consistent, reliable jump shot. He's great around the rim. He can elevate vertically and jump and dunk, and he's got... Like I said, he's incredibly athletic. He can spin and hit layups, but still no jump shot. And Boston really played that to their advantage. So what does that mean for Philadelphia and Ben Simmons going forward? If I was a 76ers fan, I'd be concerned, but not too concerned. The problem with not having a jumper is that Boston can do and other teams can do exactly what happened in that second round series. Sag off you, which allowed them to double Joel Embiid. Uh, hound somebody like J.J. Redick and run them off the three-point line more easy. If um, if Simmons had a jumper that was reliable, well, you can't really do that, and that means one-on-one matchups for Embiid and more open looks for their three-point shooters. So Simmons needs to go to work this offseason on his jump shot. The reason I think it's not completely a lost cause is, one, his age, and two, his experience, he's only been in the league for one year. And three, you can see what kind of talent he has on the court. And when you see somebody who's that superiorly talented, as Ben Simmons is, warranted by his number one pick two years ago, they'll, he'll be able to figure it out. I'm not saying he's going to ever be a great jump shooter or a knockdown three-point shooter, but he'll develop a shot or two that he can hit reliably. And that will be enough to make defenses respect him and not play him like teams played Rajon Rondo for most of the 2000s, which was just completely ignore him on the defensive end. So I think Simmons is going to figure it out. He's going to need to really work on finding, like I said, one or two, maybe even three different types of shots. Mid-range, maybe a corner three. That seems to be something that a lot of players like to go to because it's a shorter distance three-pointer. And shoot that about a million times in the offseason. If Simmons can look, can knock down that shot reliably, not only will it help the 76ers immensely, but he should win MVPs plural in his career. He's that talented. As far as Embiid goes, 
We saw a little bit of conditioning issues with him in the series. That makes sense considering he'd never played a full season. He sat a lot of games this year, especially towards the end when he had the facial fracture. So it made sense, but he needs to get in a little bit of better shape. He also, the 76ers, need to execute better down the stretch. Now, we say, okay, well, that comes with experience, but the Celtics were executing down the stretch. And other than Al Horford, we're not talking about a lot of experience on their team either. So head coach Brett Brown needs to do a better job, and the Sixers' young players need to do a better job, too, at executing down the stretch. Joel Embiid had some really good looks in the a game they got eliminated in, in Game 5 to really put the, thing, put the game away, and he missed almost point blank. The whistles get put away at the end of games in the NBA playoffs. That's just how it goes, and you have to play through contact. Embiid didn't do a good job doing that. So the Sixers have some work to do. Markel Fultz, also a huge question mark. What's he going to be? So the Sixers, are, they have some work, but they're not the lock that maybe people thought they were to be competing for titles. They have things to figure out. Ben Simmons needs to figure out a jump shot. Brett Brown needs to be better and that will come with experience as a coach and Joel Embiid needs to give him get in better shape if they can get Markel Fultz to play anywhere near the level of what they thought he was going to be they should be in really really great shape but for a team that was on the upswing this five game series elimination of the Celtics certainly leaves a lot of questions for Philadelphia I'm Jet Stryer and this is your home for the best quick hitting sports news only on Anchor